You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Hot Take Hot Box. The Philadelphia Eagles are now 10 and 1, Ty. I am, my name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, it, they may not be pretty. They may not look like uh, last season's wins, but at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles are still 10 and 1, which is a wild, wildly successful and just an unreal sustaining of excellence that we as Philadelphia sports fans have not seen probably in my whole life. I mean, being this good for this period of time, I know that the Eagles were, you know, the Eagles have gone on a run and Phillies, and they've all had their, their own little runs. But, I mean, this is two years in a row where they started off, like, with only one loss through 11 games. And it is just, it's it's a, I think we got to at some point, you know, sit back and look and just remind ourselves how great this is to watch on a week-in and week-out basis. But, you know. We are gonna. We'll be. We will do that at some point. But today we are going to be a little nitpicky. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is me, Ty Capone. As always, uh, I've consumed enough caffeine to put an elephant in the hospital today. So nice. I think that's uh, that's where we are. I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up. I'm ready. Um, yeah, I have a little bit of a. You know, it's how are you going to tell people that are fans of a ten and one team like, oh, you know, the the, the end is near or something, uh, you know. I don't know, but I think we have some certain things that really are going to be issues that are an issue right now. It just hasn't really, uh, you know, derailed us yet or led to a loss yet. Uh, you got to figure we're going to lose one or two more to end the year, right? That's that's obviously going to happen. I, I don't want to go that, uh, what, 16-1, right? Yeah. I don't want to go 16-1. I want them to lose again. I want them to lose to – I don't want them to lose to the Cowboys, but maybe something like that will uh, – Wake them up a little bit, give them a boost, right? Um, I'm not sure though. I'm not sure if they if they need a boost or if a boost would even do anything. Like this is a this team's ready. This team has you know Super Bowl bloodlines in it and uh, championship DNA all over the place on this team. So I don't think we need to be woken up or anything. I just think we need to figure the fuck out in, in specific ways on offense and defense. Um, and I, I don't know where you want to get started, but we can. Uh, yeah, we'll, right after it. We'll start right at the, yeah, I mean, we have this Buffalo game this past Sunday. Eagles win 37-34 in overtime. Uh, it was a ugly, I was down in the parking lots before the game, and it was a ugly scene out there, man. Wind whipping around. The rain was kind of blowing in sideways. It started to pick up right at game time. It was nice, you know, somewhat nice all afternoon. It was, you know, the clouds were out and. You know, it wasn't exactly a beautiful day, but the rain yeah, was back to back rainy games. Gotta love it. Yeah, oh, it wasn't raining. Huh? You said it wasn't raining? No, it was, and then it, it oh, just okay, uh, yeah. it back picked up back, around two just, o'clock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, yeah, two hours before game, when I was at the Chiefs game, it was like si- it was like six uh, Eastern time, and I'm like, yeah, man, this tailgate's awesome. I just got a cheesesteak. Somebody's about to give me some barbecue. Some some uh, barbecue. I'm getting beers from random people. I'm doing shots of Fireball. Nice. Awesome. Love it. And then it just starts pouring. I'm like, all right, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks. So, yeah, the game sounded uh, – it looked hype. It looked live. Yeah, I it mean – It looked fun. I wish I was down there. They but. had they had the Kelly Greens on. Anytime it seems like the Kelly Greens oh, are beautiful. out, it's uh, the, the environment just uh, amps up a little bit. But uh, I saw a dude jump off the top of a car through a table. I did want to see that at some <laughs> point. I did get to see it. So, no uh, – yeah. No complaints whatsoever there. Uh, environment going into the game. The Bills fans are, like I said before, I kind of respect them. They reminded me of Eagles fans in some ways. They are. I mean, but there was a couple who were uh, stirring the pot a little bit, and then they got a little concerned <laughs> when he got circled by around six or seven people saying, get the fuck out of this lot, and the guy just started running away. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Did you see the guy uh, javelin throw the uh, Bills flag? Yeah, yeah, and then he was surprised when he got dude. fucking tossed, dude. I'm like, yeah, yeah he right. got <laughs> – Hey, listen. He gave his uh, he gave his body for something that was good. That was really good. It was probably hard to throw that fucking thing. That thing was huge. That was, thing was huge. He, he made it look easy though. Uh, yeah. Shout out to that guy. So, 
But I don't know where we want to ultimately go with this, but I, I will say the Eagles started off this game real. I mean, we scored first, but then it, it went downhill. You know, after that for the first half, it was what seventeen to seven at halftime, and then they come out after half and go. I, I think they went three and out. It was like a real quick where I was like. You know, one of them things where you're sitting there watching the game, you're like, listen, if they come out strong here to begin the second half, we'll be fine. You know, but if, if they come out and throw a dud up, we might lose this game. The whole, this is the last two weeks. It was just like one of the, that feeling where you're like, wow, we're going to lose this game. Like we are not playing well enough at all right now to win this game. I don't know how they get it done, but it seems like the, the identity of this team has just kind of been where, you know, we are not going to be an easy out. We are not going to quit. We are not going to give up. And they just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, man. Uh, you know, Jalen didn't have a great uh, beginning of the game uh, at all. Uh, I mean, he was, I'm pretty sure he had like 50 yards total rushing and throwing. Uh, and that was in the third quarter. So it was, it, we were not moving the ball. The offense has been a huge issue. Brian Johnson has been a huge issue. Uh, yeah. throughout the whole this entire beginning of the season. And now we're, you know, it's not just the beginning. You should have the kinks worked out or the problem you know it's not like just the, uh, the 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 beginning of the season where we have to kind of get together and figure this out I mean we are two months two and a half months into the season Ty and they have yet to put it together yeah I mean defensively uh you know we have a good game and then we have a game like today where we just or the uh should I say Sunday where um <clears throat> Josh Allen just what do you want it really have much help on the other side um I think Gabe Davis, I'm trying to figure out what Gabe Davis did before this game. He was he was on a stretch of, like, nothing burgers. Didn't even have a target last week against the Jets. I know they won big. Uh, the week before that, two for 56. The week before that against Cincy, zero. Um, and then six for 105 against us with a touchdown. Just, um, you know, the digs, digs didn't really do much, but that touchdown was big. Um, who else? Uh, James Cook, not necessarily running the ball, but in general, had a good game. Uh, Dalton Kincaid didn't do much, but he was open. Josh Allen just, it was pretty much just the Josh Allen show. 81 yards yeah. rushing, two touchdowns, um, 339 yards passing, two touchdowns. He was only sacked once. Um, he did throw the ball 51 times, but kind of had to. I mean, he doesn't really get much help from that team. Like I said, I like James Cook. I like uh, Stephon Diggs. I like Dalton Kincaid, but that's really it. Uh, Khalil Shakir had a decent game. Um, like I said, Gabe Davis had a hundred yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, he had like a 93 PFF grade. I think Jalen Hurts was in the 75 range. So good quarterback play all around, but on offense, I mean, whew, we have, we have some low grades. Uh, Quez Watkins came back. Didn't even notice he came back. Um, was he out probably, there? he played 16 snaps. William okay. Jones played 47 snaps. And I gotta be honest, didn't, didn't know, didn't know about that. Besides the one screen he caught for zero yards. I didn't notice he was out there. They love running that um, play, man. I, I do not it, get it. it oh, no more screens here. All right? Listen, once in a while, like a, uh, a dump off the Swift, or when we get Goddard back, sure, right, a screen to those guys. But, you know, we're running screens to Julio Jones. That's just like a, you know, we're basically punting the ball. Uh, Zacchaeus had a huge catch, huge touchdown. That was a great play uh, from him and Hurts. Yeah. Um, Jack Stoll with a big conversion. Finally, he showed up, right? Um, but offensively, Still, A.J. Brown, lately, we haven't really noticed much of him, which is fine. You know, the good thing about him and having him and Devontae, if one of them has a bad game or a bad stretch where you know they can't get open or whatever, whatever it may be, obviously nobody's perfect, you have the other one to rely on. I did like the red zone calls, some of the red zone calls they made. Yeah. The touchdown to Devontae Smith, I like that little pump fake. Uh, the play, the, the touchdown to uh, A.J. Brown was nice, right? Fake, fake the inside dive the RPO and then roll out. You pretty much have Jack Stoll there. And then Julio, Julio, AJ slides behind the defenders who are looking at Jalen as he might run or dump off to the tight end right in front of him. Boom, wide open touchdown. So I like the red zone call, uh, play calling, which never has been good this year. Right. I feel like we haven't had good play calling all year in general. QB draw. Um, yeah. The QB draw. Listen, Tony Romo wanted that QB draw so bad at the end of regulation. He kept calling for it. He's like, you guys got to run it. You got to run it. And then we ran it and pretty much ran ourselves out of field goal range. Yep. Good thing there is no such thing as out of field goal range with Jake Elliott in the rain. Unreal. Big balls, 60 yards. When he first kicked it, I couldn't tell where the fuck it was. I was like, wait, where, where is it? Um, he's just he's nasty at those, man. He kicks them low, quick. Uh, 
you know, high velocity kicks and that thing just dipped right in. Um, and I, you know, what, what else can you say about Jake Elliott? He has won this team many of games in his history with us. He, he will miss a 35 yarder once in a while, but I think that more, more than makes up for it when he nails a 60 yarder like that. DeAndre Swift got involved a little bit. I feel like the problem with Swift in the running game, you know, you don't have Hurts who's 100%. He did, he did run, um, a little bit, right? He had 14 carries. And I feel like he's been getting a, a 10, 10 carries ish almost every game, but a lot of those are the, the brotherly shove, the tush pushes. But he, there's a lot more designed runs this week. I think he is healthier than he's pretty much been since week six. Yeah. Uh, Swift, 14 for 80. Also had one catch for four yards. He's not doing much in the past game, but I feel like Swift had a cut. He had that 36 yard run and a couple other ones. But other than that, man, he, you know, he was kind of held in check. He just had a couple, you know, pretty decent runs. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, the offense clutched up in the second half, but like last week against the Chiefs, first half was ugly. Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure what. what we're, and then we come out of the second half. We come out of the half. We get the ball in the second half, and we go three and out, just like we did last week. So that you know, we 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 ended up scoring on every single possession after that, besides one other punt. Um, but still, like these these are things that we can't keep letting happen, right? We, if we get behind the Niners or the Cowboys and neither of those teams slow down and we're down 35-21 in the third quarter or something like that, we're going to be kicking our asses for some of the play calling in the first quarter or the first half. So that's my issue with the offense so far. I, I mean, I think we all know, like, it, it's this is not uh, sustainable, it seems. Like, there's no way you can continually put yourself into a hole like this and constantly battle back and, and it work out for you and win games. It's... This is not going to go your way at some point, so that's why we are a little concerned. I guess it's. I think it's reasonable for us to be a little bit concerned at how slow we've started on uh, you know some of these games. I think I worry about some of the early play calls and some of just the. Just, I don't know. Like I guess I, I you don't see Swift enough. I feel like early in the game, I don't think that they really come out and try to establish the run. Uh, like like they have in, in years past. I I, I don't know. I, so weird. I is it is it just me or I don't know if you even know if the numbers back that no, up. But I mean, it just feels you'll, like you'll see you'll see Gainwell in the first half more than you'll see him in the second half. And I feel like you know I like mixing him mixing him in, but like I, I don't know. Some it just seems like they have a script right, and they want to abide by that script, whatever the Brian Johnson script is, and and that's really it. I, I don't know. I mean, the first half, like you said, how many how many times? What do we even do? We punt, touchdown, interception, punt, punt, fumble. Uh, and then we had the end of half. So, like, where, where Jalen needed out. So, like, you know, it's just, um, you know, running on second and long, screen, the, the, the amount of screens in general. Um, I do like the QB draw, but I love it. I love it in the red zone, not so much anywhere else, um, especially if it's, you know, second and long, third and long. And um, I don't know, I feel like the, uh, the, the fluidity and the rhythm of this offense really is missing Dallas Goddard. He kind of really sets everything, puts everything in place, keeps everything in place. So um, I'm not sure when we're getting him back. Getting him back against Cowboys would be awesome. I think that I don't know if that's he's trying to play this week. That's what I, well, I've been reading. That'd be big because we definitely need him um, against the team. Who I don't know, man. I, I know people want to like say, "Oh, they're nothing." We beat them last year, but that's different. This year is a lot different than last year for both of our teams. So I am worried about the Niners, and I am worried about you know. If you look at the last two teams we beat, the Chiefs and the Bills are awesome. They might both be better than San Francisco. I'm not sure about the Buffalo Bills. Definitely are not. Yeah. Um, but neither of those teams have the firepower um, that San Fran has on offense. If Purdy's playing well, which, he, I mean, he hasn't really had many bad games in his career. I know it's been a short sample size, but, it, it, you know, he's, he's playing well week after week after week. Brandon Ayuk's coming to his own. Debo Samuel's a, a nice gadget to have. George Kittle's always dangerous. And, of course, you have the uh, Mr. Culpo, uh, the newly engaged Christian McCaffrey. Shout out to him for that. Um, he's always dangerous. And their O-line's good. So that's a scary team, man. And then their defense is awesome, too. Um, and, you know, I don't – I guess we could get into the defense, the Eagles' defense, but um, I'll let you segue that way if you want yeah, so, yeah, before I guess we get into the 49ers, I want to close out the the Bills conversation. And, I mean, the Bills, are, you know, as much as we respect them and, you know, they've had good seasons, I mean, they are 6-6. Six and six. Sean McDermott's probably going to get fired after the season. At least he should. I don't know if that's the case. But, 
Uh, they, they, it just seems like no matter how well they play and what they do, it just doesn't go there. Things just find a way to not go their way. Uh, I will say the concerning thing, uh, at least for good portions of this game, of this game was that Josh Allen was not being spied at all throughout this game. And on third downs, he was easily able to pick up a couple of these first downs with his legs. And, I, I I don't know what the thought process or what we what Sean Desai was thinking. I I don't get it at all because it would just seemed like it was so inevitable that he was going to just he was just dropping back and waiting for the pocket to kind of create itself so he can figure out a way to get out and he was making the first guy miss every single time. It it, it was time. and we couldn't tackle him. I mean, obviously he is a big dude. He's not easy to tackle and he doesn't go down easily, but. It just seemed way too easy for the Bills to pick up hard first downs and to move the ball against us. I mean, you you saw how many how many yards they had, and they just they were just moving it up and down the field. But again, when it mattered, the Eagles took care of business. Jalen Hurts, you know, kind of came alive, and that throw to Zacchaeus was unreal. That play going to his left, stopping. Dropping it right into where only you know Zacchaeus can make a play on it was incredible. Uh, like you said, the Devontae Smith, like uh, like Jalen Hurts is still him. There's there's no doubt yeah, in my mind. He played well. Yeah, like he is still an elite elite player. It's the concern more is of the guy calling the plays and the the the, the spots that he's that this team is being put in and the fact that we were not even able to pick up any first downs in the first half. It, it was. Really concerning how much we were getting shut down. And it was just ro- yeah. roll out, throw it out of bounds. Roll out, throw it out of bounds. Uh, you know, the incomplete first, first drive, right? Three throwaways? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, it, 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 um, I, it's just, it, it was concerning, but they came alive. I would just like them to come out with a little bit more urgency to begin the game and kind of establish their dominance. They're going to need to do that uh, th- this Sunday. And I guess we should just get right into it because... This, I mean, they they're are quick. they're three point underdogs, man. They, they like yeah. Vegas and the public does not think the Eagles have a chance to win this game, and I mean it's in our house. The Niners have looked great, but we are still the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're still ten and one, and we are still the best team in the NFL. I don't think that that can be really disputed. I mean, we may not be playing at that level, but we are still ten and one, and we you know this supposed gauntlet that we have had to go through, we we've passed every test so far. You know, three and zero in the gauntlet. So, uh, Ty, what do you, how, what are your thoughts going into this Niner game? How do you feel? Are you feeling confident? I know uh, we we can we're a little concerned, but overall, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I um, I have some concerns with their defense. I think their defense is really solid. So I think possibly our uh, our offense could you know if, if we fuck around, we could stall out a little bit. Um, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, uh, Eric Armstead. Uh, Javon Hargrave, former Eagle great that we uh, couldn't couldn't retain, unfortunately. Charveris Ward, uh, Hufanga, Talano Hufanga, Dave, not not Dave, but Dre Greenwald. Not for the season, by the way, Hufanga. Hufanga? Towards so we'll ACL. take that. I didn't even know that. Then they get Chase Young for, you know, pretty much nothing, so that was good. Their defense is definitely full of playmakers all around, but I will say um, – I think they have. I think they're bottom ten in third down uh, percentage defensively. Yeah, they're bottom eleven. I should say we are third worst in the t- in the league on third down as a defense. Thirteen of twenty two, the Bills went on third downs. Not uh, not good, not good. And pretty much a lot of those were um, you know Josh Allen scrambles that we just couldn't couldn't contain. And we also had thirteen missed tackles yeah. against the Bills. Uh, Reed Blankenship had one of his worst games as an Eagle. Nicholas Morrow had probably his worst game of the year. I know he had 10 tackles, but he missed a lot, and he was just in a bad spot. Kevin Byer, probably one of his worst games since he got here. Darius Slay looked like shit. He probably should have given up the game-winning touchdown if Davis and Allen were on the same page. Um, Brandon Graham actually played pretty well um, in his, again, limited limited playing time. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, they played well. I noticed Jay, uh, Nolan Smith got in there a couple times. Um but I'm worried as a defense as a whole. I feel like I feel like honestly, San Fran could possibly like they have the recipe to win this game like 31-17, right? Kind of limit us on offense and and put up some points on on offense for them. Um, they're all around game. They're coaching. Everything they have as a team pretty much scares me. I think um, you know we need to see Dallas prove it. But I think this might be our toughest test 
in the NFC, maybe in the entire league at yeah. San Fran. Um, again, a lot of that is, you know, reliant on Brock Hurdy and if he does play well, but man, he has played well this year. You know, he's been very uh, accurate. He's done what he has had to do. I guess he's kind of been somewhat of a game manager, but you know, a very good game manager. Right. So uh, I don't know if we get Milton Williams or Lane Johnson back. I hope we do. Same with Cunningham. I think Lane's so going to play. Uh, that's we are kind of banged up. Um, it was wild to see that Lane woke up and said, oh, yeah, my groin. I can't, yeah. can't move it. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Um, I mean, that happens to me once in a while, but geez. So, yeah, I just have some concerns all around with the Niners, and I think um, I think they might be able to do it. I mean, I think they're favorites for a reason, right? I don't think Vegas is stupid. Um it is kind of crazy that we are at home, and uh, you know, I guess coming off of those wins, they did just throttle Seattle in Seattle. So I guess uh, also they beat Jacksonville at by what 30, 34 three in Jacksonville. They have a couple extra um, days to prepare as well. Right, first week of the year, they went to Pittsburgh one thirty to seven. Uh, and then they went cross country to LA, beat the Rams. They have lost to Cleveland and Minnesota on the road, both close games. So uh, I think it's gonna be a low scoring affair. It's gonna be a tough, just yeah, another tough battle, honestly. So. Um, I'm excited to see how this team looks. Uh, we have pretty much tough games the whole rest of the year. And, you know, it's just a gaunt, like you said, the gauntlet, we've, we've survived so far, right? We haven't dropped a game. So uh, we're, we're one Jets debacle game away from being undefeated. But I think um, there could be some, some regression coming our way, unfortunately. Yeah. Are you, that sounds like you're picking the Niners this week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I need to see who we have playing. Uh, also, what if we add Shaq Leonard, even though I think that guy might be slightly cooked. It's all right to add another linebacker. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, is he out for the year, N'Kobe Dean, or is he coming back playoffs? Who knows? And honestly, who knows? I, who I don't cares, think that's right? really going to make a big difference. Yet. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't know if they're, uh, I don't know what their injury uh, situation looks like. I think, I think Trent Williams might be hurt, but I'm not sure. Let's look at their injuries, actually. Uh, George Odom's out for the year. Hufang is out for the year. So I think it might be just Spencer Burford, Burford, who is a lineman. I think we can now the, the pass rush for us. It's, it's been weird, right? I feel like we're, we're getting home ish. Uh, we had 26 pressures against the bills, only two sacks, only five quarterback hits. So that's kind of an issue. Like we're getting there, but we're not quite getting there. If that makes sense. Uh, five pressures for Jalen Carter, six for Hassan Reddick, two for BG. Uh, a couple, two for Christian Ellis, who didn't play that bad as a pass rusher. Uh, everything else he was How bad shaky. was that roughing the passer, by the way? That, just, you just reminded that was terrible. Me of that. Uh, yeah, that I, was really bad on Nick Morrow, I think, right? <clears throat> him or was it BJ? I think it was 41 or, yeah, I think it was 41. Okay. Um, yeah, Tony Romo, you know, said it right away. He said, yeah, uh, I don't know about that. So, was it BJ who hit him late? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't. Okay. I honestly don't remember. I was, was so infuriated yeah. that. Like, just kinda... <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a couple. You know, we we've had luck this year in general, and we've had some no calls. Like the one, the horse collar. I still think that was a horse collar, but I'm also not sure, right? Because he grabbed the inside and then he kind of grabbed the outside. I'm not sure about that, but the one pass interference, I think it was on Diggs, where we, uh, Slayer Brad, Bradbury grabbed his jersey. I don't yeah, know how they right. missed that. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know how refs in general this year, NFL refs, have gotten worse. I don't know how they're so fucking bad at their job that they they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're watching. There's stuff that's happening in front of them. They miss it. It's not just you know things that happen to or against us or, or to or for us. It's all around the league, I notice it. So um, refs, the, the ref show has been a joke. I'm glad that we're getting we're, – we're the recipients of, of good calls and bad calls, you know. Um, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain about the refs helping us out. That's for fucking sure. But eventually that's going to probably fix itself. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what else. To, I, I, I feel like I'm being a little too doom and gloom um, after, you know, 10 and one, I was just at the game in KC. So you'd think I'd be, you know, on top of the world, but uh, just scary, scary uh, stretches of, of the game where I'm just like, I don't even want to look at the game. I don't even want to watch it. I want to turn it off after the first half. And then we go three and out against the Bills. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. This it, is a repeat of last week. It started to, it started to really feel bad. I'm t it's probably the worst I felt all season about a game other than the, probably the Jets game. I was just like, what? Like, yeah. no matter what we do, it's not working. And uh, I don't like any of the offensive play calls. I, last year, we did not. I, I think I underestimated how good of an offensive coordinator Shane Steichen was because it, it's, 
this year I just have such anger and just no uh, confidence whatsoever in Brian Johnson. And I don't even know if it's him or if it's Sirianni and, and a combination of the two, but it, it has not been a cohesive game plan for any of these games, it seems. it's Every week is something different, and it's just a weird style of somewhat of a college-like offense where we're running these bubble screens and these QB draws and those down-the-field plays that we had to A.J. Brown last year, uh, you know, and Devontae Smith, they're not there in abundance like they were la like the last year. They're not there this year like they were last year. So I, I guess that is the, ultimately the concern, but at the end of the day, like we keep saying, we try to keep telling ourselves, we're 10-1. and one. We keep winning these games, but again... It's not, you know, we don't really believe that this is sustainable. So, ultimately, I do think they find a way to win this game on Sunday. The big concern for me is the that advantage that the play caller, that being Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers, compared to what we have going on, which is, you know, Brian Johnson and a lot of just kind of confusion and no identity whatsoever. That worries me and that the, the 49ers are going to have a strict game plan and they are going to know exactly where they want the ball put. I think big thing, and we say it every week, and, and we have somewhat got to him, but then we haven't. I think the good thing is we're playing a quarterback who really can't move. You know, Not that he can't run, but Brock Purdy is not the uh, magician uh, getting out of the pocket that Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen are. I think we can all agree on that, so... Yeah, I think the advantage. This is a week where we really need to get past rough. Sorry. No, you're good, uh, and I agree. It's exactly what I was going to say. This needs to be the week where we get to him. We get we put the quarterback on his ass, and we just constantly put pressure on him. The same way we put pressure on him to start that game last year and in the playoffs. It was, you know, that's how he got hurt is because we we were getting to him, and he, you know, it was a freak freakish injury, and I I didn't want to see him get hurt necessarily, but hey, we won the game, so. At the happened, end of the day, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. So I think the Eagles win this game. I think they put up probably something around 27, 28 points. It'll be 28-24. Eagles get it done, and uh, I feel good about it. Where do you think we rank in, um, I guess this would be total EPA, which is estimated uh, point, wait, what is it? <laughs> I forget what it stands for. Let me look it up real the quick. The Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on real quick. Is it estimated points added? Expected points added. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. We are, we are seventh okay. pretty much. Tied tied with the Chiefs, but we're behind the Bills, Dolphins, Ravens, Cowboys, Niners, which kind of checks out because, you know, those teams – that's probably the top six, seven teams in the league. And I think, you know, while we have the better record, I think those teams have probably had much longer stretches of looking good, right? I don't know if that's fair or not. Um Again, EPA doesn't win Super Bowls, uh, but but we were much higher than we were this year, uh, last year. Yeah. So we were pretty much number one, number two all year last year, and this year we've kind of we've been up there, but we've slowly been sinking. Last couple of games, I mean, we've been outgained the last couple of games. You know, this game we got four straight uh, games high where we've been outgained. Four. Yeah, it's not good. That's that's not a recipe for success. And again, I'm going to keep saying it. I understand we're ten and one. I just win, baby, just win. I, I'm here for it, but. We need to play better. We need to play, you know, we need to put 500 yards of total offense. We need to limit a team to maybe under four or under 300 yards total. And we're just not doing either of those things. You know, it's kind of just uh, the first half, the offense isn't looking good. And then the second half, the defense isn't looking good. But, you know, one of the two units is able to bail the other out with a little assistance from the special team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, now that Jalen's close-ish to 100% or, you know, the healthiest he's been. Now we have other guys who get hurt. So I think we, we, we just haven't really been able to get, uh, we haven't been able to, to be, you know, the team that we are, I guess, I think maybe, maybe they're, we're just, we're, we're getting, we're close. We're not quite there. Right. A Goddard's hurt. Mill Williams gets a concussion in the game that he's playing. Awesome. Yeah. Lane Johnson wakes up and his groin's fucking pulled crazy. So he's probably clapping. So too. I think, yeah, <laughs> as he should. So I think, I think also we have, you know, our fans are doing our, are, are doing the best, man. We're showing up everywhere. We're, we're, we're uh, heckling the Bills players. They're pushing Eagles fans. Yep. That was crazy. Uh, apparently we threatened their life. I don't know about I don't know what, uh, you know, slap Dick Jones. And the then third multiple is people do. said that wasn't true. They were just like that. That I mean, honestly, 
when you look at the way Jordan Phillips was playing, he was playing absolutely unhinged the entire game. He was trying to injure people the throughout the yeah. game. Uh, that those guys came him in with a little Olsen bit of a chip on their shoulder. So yeah, him and Carl Lawson have done that for a while. I, I don't know if this is just a random act. Carl Lawson has done many things when he was at Auburn. Um, so I, I, you know, I gotta say that they want to kill these fans, but me, I, I understand wanting to go at some Eagles fans, but you can't do it. So hopefully a fine comes down for that. Uh, we've had our players get fined for you know random hits that shouldn't happen. Amandro St. Amandro St. Brown got fifty k fine for for a block that I I don't even know what he did wrong. So. Um, hopefully they, uh, reprimand them and, uh, that'll be that. But yeah, I mean, we just, we haven't been able to pretty much play. I mean, we're playing as a team, but, um, to see each unit play to its capabilities. I mean, honestly, maybe our defense just isn't capable of, of playing like a top five, top 10 defense. Maybe that just isn't what we're, you know, going to be able to do. I mean, Slay and Bradbury are taking turns getting smoked every week. I think Bradbury, they, they threw him a lot. Against the Bills, but, I, you know, he got the pick. He did give up a touchdown to uh, Diggs, I think, at the end. But all in all, I don't think he was that bad. I think Slay was pretty bad. I saw Slay tra- uh, trailing guys pretty much all game. Yeah. Um, and then both safeties played like shit. Uh, Morrow got hurt. Or, no, Cunningham got hurt. So then Morrow, you know, pretty much had to play the entirety of the game. Also, they had, like, 95 plays the Bills did. So, you know, our top guys had, I think, 95, 90 snaps, which, after a while, that's, that's brutal. That is brutal, especially in the rain, so... How about Jordan Davis yeah. running sideline to sideline? That was crazy. Hawking him down. Everyone's like, oh, look at the fat guy got hurt. I'm like, yo, that fat guy just fucking went, uh, you know. Balls to the wall, uh, dude. Like, foot, it, f- foot by foot? No. I don't, step by step with, jo- with Josh Allen. So that guy can, you know, uh, he can do whatever he wants. I don't care. So, um, you know, maybe the I, I'm really the, the thing about the defense that really I'm waiting for is just the pass rush. Again, we're making some noise. We're winning some. Some some uh, some reps. We're getting around the edge a little bit. We're breaking through to the inside, but just a second late, not early enough. Just you know, we're getting some pressures, but we're not getting sacks. We're not getting forced fumbles. We're not getting any of that. We have how many? I feel like we had so many uh, strip sacks last year in the last couple of years. We haven't had if any, not many at all this year. So I'm waiting for Josh Sweat and Hassan. Not really Hassan Reddick. I'm really waiting on Josh Sweat. Yeah, to kind of wake up and. Usually the fourth quarter is when he wakes up and he gets that strip sack or he gets that big sack on third and six to make it fourth and 12. But, um, you know, we're, we're really bad on third down. And I think of it, I mean, dude, we're the third worst in the league behind, I think Arizona and Chicago, like that is not the company you want to keep no. and, and staying, getting off the field on third down is huge. One of the most important things for a defense, you know, if we're not going to get turnovers or sacks, we need to get the fuck off the field. And, uh, we just we just haven't been able to, and if we if we keep doing this, we keep tasking our defense, which is banged up, to stay on the field for 80, 90 plays. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel, these guys are going to hurt us. They're going to make us fucking pay. So that's that's crucial. Again, I think we already talked about it, but getting to the quarterback, number one, number one, number one priority this week and going forward against Dak Prescott, because you know what CD Lamb and, and some of their guys can do. So uh, yeah, I just need to see more from. From some of those guys. Also, I think it, like it will be a huge factor is stopping the run, not not letting Christian McCaffrey. It's kind of the similar to every get the Eagles. This is the way the Eagles need to play defense: is shut the run down, make a team one dimensional. Get like this is how we were so good last year. We were able to shut teams down, get up to a lead, and then make them throw the ball so that our pass rushers could just know what they're doing, attacking the quarterback. Yeah. And we haven't exactly been able to do that this year, and that's I think. What has held us back? I think if we start getting that pass rush, we'll be having different conversations about how good that secondary is and how good they look. You know, it, it'll be it'll be much more positive compared to what it has been. But Ty, before we uh, move on, I did want to talk about Shaq Leonard. That is the uh, you know the rumor or the uh, conversation of him being waived by the Colts. He's meeting with the Cowboys, and now he is scheduled to meet with the Eagles. Obviously, there's a reason that he was uh, released. You know, he's been going through some uh, medical, you know, medical issues. He had a back surgery, and I believe the end of the 2021 season, it caused him to miss a good portion of the 2022 season. And uh, I think he only played what two games, three games in uh, in 2022, and then this year 
he uh, I believe he had a problem with the uh, limited amount of snaps he was playing in uh, you know in a game to game basis. So they gave him they gave him what he wanted. He's being paid a lot. He was like, hey, you know what? Get me out of here. So they cut him, and now he's a free agent. He is what only t- he's twenty eight, I think. Right? Yeah, he's twenty eight yeah, years yeah. old. Uh, you know, and it's never good when you you know a guy is getting cut like that, who you know is a four time All Pro. He is a you know he he's shown he has a pedigree. He's been a very good player in this league. Led the league in tackles. Has led the league in forced fumbles. Three time Pro Bowl. I mean, he has a resume behind him. But it, it the I guess the more important conversation is how much does he have left in the tank? And I mean, back. Having any issues with your back or having sur- you know surgery on your back, it's a very uh, shady slash questionable thing to kind of bounce back for uh, from, and you know you just don't know what a guy's going to look like after that. I mean, you look, for example, not this is the first thing that just popped in my mind, but I mean, look at a guy like Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, ever yeah. since the back issue has been a thing, he has not looked anywhere near the same player that he was in the past, and that's not only just from his play, just his physical you know, movements and stuff. He just doesn't look like the same guy anymore. You're, you know, you're, you can't do anything without your back. I know it's kind of a fucking cliche thing to say, but Ty, it's I, true. even if he doesn't, you know, maybe he's not the player that he used to be. I think that guy can add something to our team because uh, what we have in the linebacker room is not exactly a who's who of names. Yeah, I think adding him, mixing him in with Morrow and Cunningham and, you know, if N'Kobe Dean comes back, just having those guys around, you know, it's a good interchangeable group, I would say. The only problem I have with Leonard is I think he might be cooked. I think he's had a couple of concussions. Um, he had the back issue that I think uh, flared back up, right? I think he had a setback um, last year in November uh, yep. after he had back surgery in June, and then he had another procedure in November. So multiple procedures on the, on the I guess, vertebral, vertebral, vertebral disc bulge, not – not great. I don't like a disc bowl. I don't like disc discs bulging at all. Um, no. So yeah, it, it, it kind of lingered around June all of last year, pretty much, and then this year, I think, still having issues with his, with his back, neck, head. So it's been a thing that's happened. Um, but if he's down to the Cowboys and Eagles, I definitely don't want him on, in Dallas. But I mean, that's if he's good, right? If he if he's a liability, I definitely want him on Dallas. So, um, and they also have their own issues with I think LVE is pretty much he's um, done. He's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty much cooked. So, you know, re- replace one cook linebacker with another. I don't know. I mean, I would take him. You know, I think he left Dallas without a contract, so that's good. He's coming here, too. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't, I'm sure he has some familiarity with some kind of players or coaches on our staff. We love having Colts guys around. Um, I'm not sure if we just still do. It would be really nice if we had Shane Steichen still around calling plays, but um, I'll take him. Yeah, I mean, who am I to say no when we have, you know, Zach Cunningham, who I thought was completely cooked, and he's actually ended up playing pretty well, and Nick Morrow was like a special teamer, and he's playing really well. So, yeah, I would take him. I would take him, and uh, I think we only have like $2 million in cap space. Cowboys have six, so I guess they can offer more money, but uh, I don't know if either team really going to be offering that much for this guy. So I guess we'll see. I think it's probably going to be a decision this week, I would assume, and then he's going to play in the game next week where we play each other, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be you know up to him what he is viewing more. I mean, if the Cowboys can really offer him double what we can offer him, then maybe that would be a sort of a deal breaker. But I think for him, he's probably his ideal situation is to go to the team that he can get on the field and play the most with so that he can look good, maybe play in the yeah. playoffs, get that spotlight on him, and then get a contract this offseason from whoever uh, you know may want his services. So... Uh, I he's a great per- I've heard he's a great teammate and great like person, great yeah. leader, veteran. So you can't have, you can't have too much of that, right? No, not at all. And uh, you know he's and he's played in the playoffs. He's he's right. had you know he's he's been a big time player. He he's been the lead, like you said, the leader of that Colts defense. And uh, obviously, I, I don't think we are in position to really be turning down great yeah. players. I, I mean, we we are a team who added Linval Joseph and Indomik and Sue, and we were like, wow, these guys are cooked, but. They were huge yeah. parts of our run last year. So <laughs> notice they haven't played this year for anybody. So. Exactly, and it's like you know, like maybe these guys, like when you have such a good defense, or at least a defense with this much talent that we have, then I think the guys like uh, you know, Shaq Leonard can come in and make an impact, and it, it'll hide some of the blemishes that his game probably has now, and or you know, with his 
you know, maybe declining physical ability. I, I think we still can make an impact, man. I, 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 I think he can still make an impact. So uh, I, I hope we end up with him. And I think really, like you, you, you may mention of it, if it's between us and the Cowboys, whether he's cooked or not, I, I, I would like to keep him here. And even if, even if he's cooked, he doesn't have to play. You know, we can get him off the field. But uh, I'd rather him come here than uh, go to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So. Do you have anything else left for our Eagles before we move on a little bit and we get to our Philadelphia 76ers? I don't who, think so, yeah. I, don't, I think I'm good. I mean, you want to talk about a uh, real uh, sort of up-and-down uh, situation here. <laughs> you know, I, I know last week we were eliminated from the in-season tournament. I have just oh, finally no. gotten over that. I know. I know I was crying all week. <laughs> um, it's tough. It's tough, but... The Sixers have kind of bounced back. Uh, Embiid did not play that next night uh, against Minnesota, and they lost, which can be expected. But he comes back against the Thunder, and he puts up a nice, you know, thirty-seven, eleven, and nine. Or th- I'm sorry, thirty-five, eleven, and nine. I read the wrong side of the sheet here. Maxi with twenty-eight, Melton with fourteen, Harris with sixteen, Nico Batum, who has changed his name to uh, you know instead of. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Batum, but he had a nice 14 points. And then Sixers come out and just throttle the, the Lakers at home last night. That was a, uh, a showing. Insane. I, I mean, listen, Embiid, that's two straight games where he is in the triple-double neighborhood. Yesterday was a triple-double, 30-11-11. Maxi had 31. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in only 31 minutes, he gets that done. Nico Batum had 10 points. Don't forget that. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, Pat Bev had 12. Marcus Morris had 16. So, yeah, how about that? <laughs> Pat Bev getting in Austin Reeves' face. Uh, you know, got to love that. But uh, I, you also got to love uh, Paul Reed talking shit about Anthony Davis and him, him coming out and throwing up a stinker. So, it, it was a good night for the Sixers, man. And uh, it'll be, uh, you know, I know it's, it's still, it's like the slog of, like, watching the baseball season now. When, you're, when your team is a perennial playoff team, it just seems it's like uh, you know, kind of like the Phillies, where it's like, just get me to the playoffs, man. I I, I don't not going to get too worked up about all of these games, but it is good to see, it. and it's more just about the individuals and watching a guy like Embiid, who I mean, we we've discussed this, you know, on this podcast, and you know, just talking about the Sixers in, in our in our personal lives. You know, we like to bring up the personal life in this one, but. Uh, you know, his passing ability has never been a strong suit of his, and he has been a turnover machine in recent years. Now, you know, if he's going to be able to find guys and, you know, pass out of these double teams and really become a weapon sort of the way Jokic is, Ty, we are going to be very dangerous, very, very dangerous in April, June, and uh, May. Yeah, right? If he's if he's going to be doing some of the things he's been doing lately, that's scary. Um like you said, he's pretty much uh, been a walking triple double lately, uh, averaging on, on the season, which quietly we're 16, 17 games in. So, you know, we're not halfway there, but we're, we're, we're slowly chugging and bead, uh, averaging a nice, what I just had it and I lost it. So that's good. Always. It's always good to, I, the same thing happens to me all the time when I'm uh, doing this. I have a page and I have this information and then something else pops into my head and I'm like, instead of opening a new tab, I just use the tab I'm on and just go to something else. But yeah, I don't, you know, listen, it, it's rough. It's rough for me out here. He's but averaging 32 a game, 32, 11 and six, almost seven assists. He's second on the team in assists behind Maxi, barely averaging two blocks. His turnovers only oh, a little bit less than four. Take that assist to turnover ratio is almost uh, two again. Take that. Um, and I think he's shooting pretty well from the field, right? I think he's 32, 32% from three, 50, almost 50% from the field, and 88 from the line. So, again, you take both of those things 100%, playing better defense. I think he blocked AD last night, if I remember correctly. That was nice. Um, and then Maxi still playing out of this world, still averaging, what, 27, 5, and 7. Awesome. Getting about to steal a game-ish. Uh, we do miss Kelly. We do miss Kelly Oubre. Hopefully, he's coming back not so soon, right? Not. It seems not, like it's um, getting closer not and closer. The Pelicans, which I think that Pelicans game is, is that tonight. Is today's twenty nine? Is tomorrow? So, yeah, probably not right away, but somewhere on this road trip, we're going to get him back. 
Uh, the free throw percent, the free throw shooting has been good. The three point shooting has been pretty good. Uh, Uber before he got hurt was at 38. Anthony Melton leading the second in, in the team on the team in threes made Maxi 56 of 139 already. He's not, he's not shot, man. He's letting that bitch rip. And I think yeah. that's the most impressive thing with Maxi. He's shooting from 33 feet. He's shooting from 30 feet, 35. He's letting it go. Um, he's been, he's been very efficient. 46 from the field. That's fine. And uh, like I said, Tobias Harris shooting a nice 53. Uh, only 32 from three, 91 from the line. So got to see more from Tobias in that sense. But he is averaging almost 20 a game, right? 19, 19 and six, a couple assists. So he's been a pretty decent role player. Bless you. you. Anthony Mellon, 12, five, 12, four and four with about a steal a game. I think he's shooting what? 40, uh, yeah, 41% from three. So he's been a very good three and D kind of guy who's able to, you know, dish out some assists, grab some boards, kind of do some of the nasty work. The bench itself, not great, but if you can get any kind of production from Batum, Reed, Covington, Marcus Morris, Pat Bev, he's not going to give you much production-wise, uh, you know, filling up the stat sheet, but he he does a lot. He does kind of what P.J. Tucker used to do for us. Jay, I'd love to see more of Jaden Springer, but uh, obviously they want to ease him in. So, yeah. Also, but, how, about, how good is Chet Holmgren? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy was going crazy on Saturday. Uh uh, they, they were able to kind of... Uh, Him and Shay. Yeah, Shay didn't really go... Cr- I mean, he was going crazy in the first half. I think like they kind of yeah. were able to get you know get him under wraps in the second half. But I got to say, man, I have just been so impressed with uh, Joel's... Kind of, you know, he's kind of taken on that. Uh, I think he took it personal with Jokic winning the title last year and how, you know, sometimes him bringing the ball up the floor. And B does not look to pass the ball to the point guard immediately anymore. He's... Taking it up, and I know a lot of the old school guys will not like that, and they will say, you know, he that big guy shouldn't be dribbling the ball. Well, that big guy's an all time great, so I think he can do whatever the fuck he wants, so long yep. as he's not turning the ball over at a rapid uh, level like he <laughs> used to do. You know, I mean, if you his turnovers are kind of in the same you know area, he's he kind of historically averaged around three to four turnovers, you know, a game. And he's still right there, you know, as of now. And he his assist numbers are, you know, two more than they have been, you know, and his whole career. I mean, he started out at two, moved this way. He kind of hung out at three for a little bit. The last two years he was at four. Now he's up to 6.6. So, wow. if he could keep that up and he can pop out every once in a while for a couple games with, you know, double-digit assists, then... That just exponentially makes the Sixers so much better, man. It is a. I think people are going to underestimate how huge that is, and I think the Sixers are. You know, they are going to add somebody. We just don't know who that's going to be. I think the rumors are now that Levine's going to wind up going to L.A. Totally fine by me. Um, you know, they can have him. I, I, I more and we've talked about, and we're going to keep talking about it. How we just need another defensive wing who can score. And we've, you know, I think the big thing that we keep talking about as well is that we're going to need, we need Ubre back. And uh, we are, it looks like maybe, you know, it's not going to be tomorrow, but he's going to join the Sixers on the road trip. Maybe on that second head, you know, that second game that we will get to see him finally make his return. So I, uh, I feel good about the Sixers, man. It, it is, uh, you know, they've kind of quelled my concerns and calmed me from what, uh, you know, that, that after they started out seven and one, eight and one. The stretch after that was not too good, but they were able to kind of uh, bounce back. And now with getting Ubre back, things are only looking up. I feel good. My Flyers, if they win tonight, Ty, they are tied for second in the Metropolitan. Uh, they have a big game against the Hurricanes tonight. I know you will be locked in and tuned in to that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, the Blackhawks, uh, they have a lot of issues. I think apparently the newest rumor is that Co- uh, Corey Perry had sex with Connor Bedard's mom. So they released Corey Perry today. He's on waivers. Wait, what? That's just, that's just the rumor. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, apparently they just had a, they had a bunch of the players' mothers with them on a mother's trip. There was a rumor that Corey Perry banged Connor Bedard's mom, who is pretty good looking. Um, and now I'm seeing that it was actually, Again, this is this is all these are all rumors. But apparently, the newest rumor is I just I just had it on my thing. Apparently, it had something to do with Chris Chelios's daughter, who was also on the trip. And I think she or he, I think it's him. I think he is the color commentator for the Blackhawks. So it looks like Corey Perry fucked around and found out. I just don't know who he fucked around with. Um, but he's off the team. In. He's he's gone from the team now. There was a um, they had a practice 
when he was signing a bunch of autographs after practice with the kids, and everyone's like, look, Corey Perry's not such a asshole. And I'm like, yeah, I, I still hate him, but sure, he's a nice guy. He, signed all, he loves the kids. He's signing autographs. He's a great veteran presence. And then two days later, like, yeah, we don't know where he is. He's not on the team anymore. I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't know where he is? So that looks like the latest with him is he is off the team. Uh, he's on unconditional waivers, terminating his contract effective immediately. And I think they're coming out with a press conference soon. So that's, that's the latest in Chicago. They're also the second worst team in the league still. So that's pretty much how things are going. After an internal investigation, the Chicago Blackhawks have determined that the Corey, that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of the standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments, the team said. So, he did something, man. I, I would love, love to know. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, listen, I, I don't know if it's a breach of contract to have sex with one of your teammates' moms or wives. I don't know if having sex in general – I mean, look at Josh Giddy's situation, your boy. Uh, I don't know if having sex in general constitutes a release, but I imagine – they would stretch the rules to say if you have sex with the star franchise, the, the the franchise's star player who's still eighteen, if you have sex with his mom, you're out of here, bud. And so again, I don't know if that's what happened or if the whole Chelio situation happened. Are dogs, man? I, I, it seems like this is like a common occurrence. Like, wasn't uh, wasn't Patrick Sharp banging someone's wife or something when he was on the yeah, Flyers? Yeah, there was a like, rumor. There, there was a rumor when he was on Blackhawks that he had sex with Kane's girlfriend and Duncan Keith's wife. Uh, Duncan Keith and his wife were going through a divorce, and many people thought that's why, but it turned out um, that was all made up. Sharp and Keith are still friends to this day. I don't think they would be if that were to be true. Yeah. So, But who knows? I mean, you know, also a lot of times in hockey, things kind of get um, suppressed. You see that in hockey more than any other sport where something happens, but you don't know the details. Like the whole World, uh, Team Canada World Junior uh, sexual assault thing. There was like this... You know, a couple players on the roster from like five years ago sexually assaulted a girl and nobody knew who it was. I think nobody still knows who it is, but a couple players have been, uh, you know, I guess uh, eliminated as potential um, violators, if you will. I can't think of words. Um, but a lot of things in general really do get kind of, you know, put on the hush-hush. Spencer Knight was a first-round pick for the Panthers. I think he was going through some alcohol abuse problems they, they sent him away for a while nobody knew what happened there um so this happens a lot when Jonathan Taze and Marion Hosa both went through odd retirements slash whatever is with the team the, the Marion Hosa had like a an allergy to the equipment so he couldn't play ever again but that was on the hush hush for a while Jonathan Taze was away from the team a lot of people were saying oh, I think he has cancer I think he has this I think he has that that was on the hush-hush for a long time. So a lot of times in hockey specifically, you don't really get the details of what happens. And like you said, a lot of these players are just dogs. Yeah, a lot of these, seems like a lot of these. Now I'm reading, you got me, uh, you opened a whole new wormhole here because now I'm looking at Chris Chelios' daughter. She's married as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Corey Perry must be packing a fucking schlong piece, dude. I, I don't her her husband's an NFL fullback or former NFL fullback, so I mean he's gonna. There you go. So I got. I need a uh, you know a resolution here because he did something. I think Kyle. I think Kyle Davidson, the GM, will be addressing the media, but I'm I'm assuming he won't say anything specifically. He's no. just gonna say this. You know, this happened. That happened. I can't say anything else. There's a great video. It's Corey Perry walking to the unemployment office. It's when he got kicked out of the Bridgestone, the Winter Classic, when he was on the Dallas Stars against the Predators, and he had that long. Long walk of shame off <laughs> out of the stadium. I don't know if you remember that, but it was this huge, huge walk of shame. And then there's another tweet. This is great. Bedard's mom, come over. Corey Perry, I can't. I'm playing a hockey game. Bedard's mom, but I'm your teammate's mom. That's Corey Perry walking off of the ice when he got kicked out of Jesus. All right. Well, I mean, listen, we are usually a Philly sports pod, but I'm always willing to take a detour for stuff like this. This is. Yeah. We are. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, check back in uh, next time we do a pod. We will have updates on this. We are going to continue. We're going to be the number one source of information on we the Corey the Perry release. <laughs> Use your flyer, possibly. Take your bets. Was it Connor Bernard's mom or was it Chris Chelios's daughter, which is also. Or. Somebody else, or someone else. Are you taking the? Are you taking the field? Uh, I'm. I don't know, man. I, I haven't decided. There's a lot. 
people are freaking out right now. So there's a lot yeah, going on. It's pretty terrifying. The, the Blackhawks are just, you know, they love to get involved in situations that are not great. Like the whole 2010, uh, I guess a player was uh, sexually assaulted by a trainer. Um, and then they kept that under wraps for like 10 years. And then it came out where it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. So, and then obviously when you had Patrick Kane, who just recently signed with the Red Wings, uh, he had a bunch of things that happened to him in his career. You know, hockey players, like you said, dogs. Absolute dogs. I'm. Uh, I. We don't know. We could have just been. Uh, this is all alleged. We would like to alleged, say that yeah. we don't. No, we don't know if any of this is true. But uh, it, it is a little peculiar. There's a lot of internet rumors going on right now. But it is peculiar that a gentleman was just released in the middle of the season with no explanation, and they said that his conduct was unacceptable. So he, the man, did something. Yeah, what did he do? What did he do is the question. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's it for us. Uh, the, me being Matt McSweeney and him being Ty Capone, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. Uh, we will be back later on this week for a Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast where we will talk hey. about the UFC Austin this weekend. We have quite a uh, quite a few fights that are actually pretty good on this card that we will discuss yeah, I was going to say, it's not that bad. It looks pretty, you know, they, they like they like to at least put names, right? I, I'm not saying any of these guys are washed up, but they definitely will put some names on a, on an Austin or Charlotte or San Antonio or uh, Boise, Nebraska. Boise, Nebraska, by the way. Um, you know what I meant. But they'll put names on these cards. You know, they're not going to put fucking Mike Malott and um, what's the slapdick that just fought Nick Aguirre? Nick Aguirre. Uh, they're not going to put him on the main card. You know, Chad Talbot and Chase Hooper. Yeah, you're not going to put Anna Liger, as Dom Cruz calls him, on the main card at all. So I think we also have Ryan Garcia this weekend in a comeback bout. I know everybody's like, oh, he's probably getting some some, uh, some slap dick idiot. But he's playing Oscar Duarte, so that should be very good. It's going to be in Houston, Texas. Uh, Duarte's pretty good, comes forward, hits hard. We'll see. We'll see how Rai-Rai, Rai-Guy, King Rai-Rai, whatever lame nickname he has, we'll see how he looks. Uh, also, we had Benavidez. Fought this weekend. Him and Jamal Charlo were both back in the ring. Both looked good. So we'll talk about that as well. A little dip into the boxing world. Yeah. And, PFL? Um, I think, we'll I some PFL, PFL conversations? Uh, there was a little bit of PFL that happened. I mean, you know. Nobody really the, cared. I didn't really watch it. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, it was a forty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine pay-per-view like that. I think 15 people bought maybe, and they were all Don Davis's family. Um, also, that guy. The more he talks, I, I, I do like the confidence, but I do not like the snarkiness of you know dana white knows now we're coming for him like bro you guys have like six different belt pfl champion that challenger international all, series like, yeah <laughs> he thinks about you when he puts his tv on and it's espn and they're talking to him and he's like all right let me change the channel real quick yeah. put on fight pass it's um, interesting on yeah nobody's worried about the P- listen if you're going to be pfl and bellator and you're going to be separate entities but maybe you'll cross over and maybe you give the guys opportunities to fight on either one like you're, that's not going to work, pal. You got to merge everything together, together, together. together create. It's, it reminds me of Gregor, by Dublin the way. Is, yeah, you went back to your Dublin days, who, right? Who, there. by the way, is under investigation uh, again. I mean, what else is new? Charge it up. Throw him in jail. It's about time, dude. Um, Honestly, uh, it's either it either ends in him getting viciously knocked out or him going to jail for life because it's. It could be both. Honestly, it could be both. Michael Chandler could knock him out cold in a minute, and it's then he could, happen. you know, ki- kill his wife. And you're like, oh, that, they're going to need Justin late, Gates but... here. They're going to need to hire a, a hired gun in here because Marlon Michael Marais. Chandler's not getting it done. Marlon Marais. Yeah. Could you imagine? Ooh, wait a minute. I have a sneaky good fight for you, right? Ready for this? Summer, yeah. Summertime comes. You're like, I don't know who Connor's fighting, but he says he's fighting somebody. The UFC just announces they signed somebody. And you're like, whoa, I didn't think they were going to sign him. And then International Fight Week, Connor McGregor at 170. Against MVP Michael Venom Page, what do you think? I think Connor might get cooked there. Uh, that's that really, be, yeah, wow. that would be concerning. Just because I mean, MVP is much bigger than him, isn't he? I think he is, but Connor's on on the juice, on the sauce, on all the things. Well, actually, he's off of it now, right? He's in the, t- he's in the testing pool. Apparently, Allegedly. MVP free agent is uh, is is flirting with the WWE, uh, the UFC. I'm sorry, wow. Jeez. Or both, or both. Right, I mean, I don't see why you WWE, could. WWE, man, wow. <laughs> the WWE and UFC have merged, ish. So we have mergers all around the world. UFC, WWE, the Saudis, and you know everybody else that they pay. 
uh, PFL and Bellator. So maybe maybe we get Patricio Pitbull in there at 155 against uh, Max Holloway or uh, Dustin Poirier. Was, let's sign me up. I would like to see uh, Michael Venom Page in the UFC just to kind of like you know. I mean, he's older now. He's what 36, but I, it w- I think it would be just. Uh, I think he would actually fit in well. With the crew there, one seventy, and just yeah. you know, he he, he he could get kind of fight right away, and and somewhat somebody, and not the, I mean, probably the top fifteen, right? I mean, who's to say he can't beat a Neil Magny and you know Mike Chiesa? Yeah. And I mean, there's all sorts of drama going on with Ian Machado, Gary. We'll have to t- we'll discuss oh, that. Oh man, I can't wait to talk. Well, about let's that. save all this I for uh, yeah. Let's yeah, save let's, all this for the Silver Strikes episode coming up this Thursday slash Friday. I'm off Thursday, but. Uh, I'm going to do some tape study for this week. So we'll see. Maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. but We'll shoot for uh, Thursday. You, you, so just, you two boys. Yeah. You, we'll be back this week. That's for sure. Them Shoulder Strikes MMA boys are back the, this week for a uh, fresh card. And we have this. And then we got a pay-per-view coming up soon. So we got a couple of uh, good cards to close out the uh, the year. So we are looking forward like to it. it. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Tiger Pone. And as always, when you're walking down the street and you see a cute little kid walking, it's his first steps. Make sure you scream in his face, Go fucking birds! <laughs>